what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. The Garden Podcast is a production of The Barn. Join us at this unique worship experience every Sunday night at 530 at 1913 Chihaw Drive, Oxford. Here's your host, Garen Mason. This is our first episode of the Garden Podcast, and I am so thankful and delighted to have everyone uh, with us. We are streaming this live on Facebook, and uh, hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to play this on iTunes, and we will have people listening from all over the world. Um, my name is Garen Mason. I am uh, really just a brother in Christ to the guys that I have with me tonight, and I'll let these guys introduce themselves, and we'll start over here on my right with Mr. Clinton Remy. I am the worship leader at the barn, and uh, just really excited to be here. Awesome, man. And? Uh, let's see, what state am I in? Uh, the, yeah, I'm Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Leslie. <laughs> I'm not wanted for anything here. Right, thank Jeremy goodness. Leslie. Thank goodness. I'm a recovering worship leader, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad to be here with you guys. I'm, awesome, I'm excited. Man. And a dang good piano player. From time to time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I could say this about both of you guys. Both of you are, are extremely gifted and talented, and not only that, but you are anointed, and, and both of you are also sold out in your faith and you're devout and nobody it's 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 really good because nobody has to question you know your beliefs or, or what you feel or what you think and um i like worship leaders that that actually are kind of opinionated because because they believe they believe what they believe you know people who are opinionated at least they have some conviction at least they're convinced of something you know so i it's uh it's always good to surround yourself with people i think that don't ride the fence but actually choose one side <laughs> or the other. Did we just get shot at? What, did we, yeah, what was that? That was um, something being dropped. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I am. Um, I'm so glad and delighted to be able to do this tonight and to talk to you guys. So we're gonna we're gonna start this thing off and talk about the restoration of family worship. The restoration of family worship. And you know, I think when we when we think about being in the family of God, that's something that has kind of been thrown around for decades. You know, Jeremy, when you you lead worship from time to time you'll you'll kind of like dig back into them 80s and 90s and stuff and some of those older songs you'll bring out and i was wondering uh, today when i was thinking about this podcast do you remember that song i'm so glad i'm a part yeah. of the family of god <laughs> yeah i immediately went there when you thought yeah, that absolutely does that absolutely. make me old is that is that what it is is it that i'm old i've maybe been around a little bit oh, yeah that's been around for a long time maybe a so. little bit i know exactly how old you are yeah. but we won't say we won't get into any of that stuff <laughs> Um, but I, I was thinking about that song and, and I was, you know, I remember being in church and growing up as a kid, as a teenager and sitting in the, the church that I went to, I went to a little Methodist church back then and, um, we'd sing that song, you know, and, um, it, it was always kind of like a, a feel good song because to say that you're in the family of God, that obviously that makes you feel good. 
but to actually lean in to the revelation of being a part of the family of God yep. and and having having God Abba the Father you know uh, adopt you as his own and you receive the spirit of adoption and you have a knowing and an understanding of who he is as a father that's completely different because I believe that if we really believed we were part of the family of God when we'd be singing that stuff then we would we would have seen things we would have seen the fruit of that revelation the fruit of that knowing we would have seen the fruit of what it looks like to be a believer to be in the body of Christ and be associated with him as a son um, I think when I when I think about the Lord's Prayer every time I can't get past this Jesus himself Jesus himself um, you know he is he is God in incarnated he is in flesh and he starts off the Lord's Prayer we call it the Lord's Prayer but it's it's actually ours and he says our father hmm. our father jesus said that he's talking to his disciples he said when you pray so it wasn't the lord's prayer it was ours hmm. he said when you pray pray like this pray saying our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name and so to think that jesus would classify his disciples with himself and look at God the Father as our Father, that brings a sense of unity into the family. And it really, I think, helps us to understand what the Father in Heaven longs for with His children. It's not just a bunch of folks that go to the same church and do the same stuff and sing the same songs, but it's actually a sense of unity and family in the body of Christ. So let's let's just talk about family worship, right? So we, we've worked pretty hard to to have an atmosphere and a sense and a knowing and an understanding of family here at the barn so clint if i were to ask you what do you think family worship is or what is that what does that mean to you what would you say uh, it's that time that you and not only your loved ones but your your close family uh, you get together, and it's not just any, even the the worship and the praise. It's the uh, the prayer that you're given at that moment in time. It's setting that side of time uh, apart so you can worship and really praise and give him uh, the time that he needs. Um, and see, it, it, it's a foundation that that he's wanted to be set with us and and all of us uh, uh, within our families. Uh, it, it's from the beginning. I mean, he states it in Genesis. Uh, he states it in Romans. I mean, it, it goes from the start all the way to the beginning because it's all about a family setting that foundation. Yeah, that's right. I was reading today in, in Genesis, somewhere around 21 or 22. It's the story of uh, Abraham when he's taking Isaac up to the altar. You guys know that story, oh, right? Yeah. That in that within that story is actually the first time in Scripture that the word worship is used. When he is when he is taking Isaac up to the altar, he tells the servants, he said, Stay here with they had the wood, the donkey, and all that stuff. Stay here while the lad and I go yonder. He's talking about going to the altar to worship. And I thought, man, that's pretty interesting because what he's going to do is he's going to take Isaac and he's going to place him on the offering in obedience as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And he called that worship. 
Hmm. And so that immediately made me want to understand more about the word worship and what is it what does it really mean in the Hebrew translation of it and all those things. And man, I was so surprised. This will this will shock a lot of people. But the word, the first um, the first example of the first parallel word in Hebrew to the word worship in that particular text is the word to depress. Wow. And it talks about bending and bowing and and bowing before the Lord. But the first word used as a as a, a defining adjective is the word depress. So I think about you, man. You got you have an anointing on your life. You've battled and dealt with depression and anxiety. But when you're worshiping, you're actually overcoming those things. Yeah. So, so what does that mean to you when you hear me say that? <laughs> like, it, you know, the word depressed it, to to associate that with worship. How do you, how do you think those two things correlate? Well, first of all, I'm a clown. So the first thing I thought about when you said <laughs> you said family and depression, I went, oh, there's the root of a lot of people's <laughs> depression, family. <laughs> but. Uh, the truth of it is, is that um, when I um, enter into worship, when I enter into the presence of God, and you know, there years and years ago, we were, you know, you talk about me being the old guy that has a catalog of, because I do have a catalog of old songs that nobody sings anymore, but they pop up in my head, and and they're, they're you know, I try to pick those that that I, they the pop in your spirit like a minute ago. I'm glad to be a part of the family of God, but for a long time we sang about God, we sang about heaven, we sang about. Uh, uh, you know, me, 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 yeah. you know, uh, That's right. and when, when you begin to enter into worship, when, when, when the worship music changed and we, and we really started singing scripture and we, again, you know, uh, and we really started singing to the Lord, not about him and not about heaven and yeah. the future, yeah. but really began to sing to him. Yeah. Uh, things begin to shift and my life began to shift, even though I still battle depression for a long time but I found that every time I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness yeah every time I did that what I was doing was I was really removing the focus off of me which is a lot of depression yeah yeah I'm not enough Come I'm on, a man. failure. So good. I'm 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 bad. Yeah. I'm I've done this. I've done that. Nobody loves me. Uh, everybody thinks this about me. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm not rich enough. I'm 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 me 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 me. When yeah. all of a sudden you begin to declare, you are good. You are holy. Yeah. Come you on. are righteous. You are, and and it takes the focus off of everybody else, and mostly myself, and it just focuses on the Lord. And you cannot look at Him yeah. without being changed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you cannot yeah. look at him without being changed. And so I, I don't, I, the, if I, if I'm going into depression and I, and even now the, the Lord has set me free from it, it still comes back. Right. comes after you. It comes yeah. after me just as much, if not more than it ever did then. But if you know, it doesn't take me as long. Yeah. I, I don't still go immediately. Now you're aware. I'm aware. Come on. He's built wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if I, and when I when I go, oh wait a minute, I've just wasted two hours of my, you know, whatever. Uh, wait a minute, and I start declaring the goodness and the faithfulness of God, and all of a sudden you just feel it just start to lift. Yeah, it goes away. 
Uh, and I, I was that the question? I just got just kind of went off on a that's tangent. That's good enough. Okay, I don't, good, I don't know if, if that answered the question. Well, see. It's a really good explanation. <laughs> well, it's just like Isaac that he brought up. See, when I when when I go into worship, and and I know you you feel the same way, Jeremy. Is uh, you. It's that offering. You are. You're. You're not only offering your time, but but you're offering yourself mm. uh, to to be that 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 uh, that hub mm. for him to work through you. Uh, you know, some say it's going to battle, but even before the battle, yeah. you 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 have to offer yourself. You have to give that vulnerability. Oh, that's the word. And yeah. that, that's it, because it, true worship is vulnerability. It is. It, it's just like uh, you and I, uh, Garen actually shared it with me. But it, 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 when we talk about passing through the gate, yeah. So you have to get low in order to get. Get glow, you have to shed off everything, and in get order low. to shed off everything, mm-hmm. you have to get rid of even even your strengths, mm-hmm. uh, your weaknesses, yeah. your gifts. Right. Uh, really, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, some are called to be pastors. Yeah. Uh, some are called to be all these spiritual gifts that we're given. But see, we're all called to be a worshiper. Come oh, on, man! Everybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's what we're called to do. I mean, yeah. and you're right, man. God, you're so right. For so long, we sang about uh, uh, us, mm-hmm. us, and and how bad we were, mm-hmm. or, or how good we were yeah whatever um, but but for so long we never talked about and sang about how good he was but see mm-hmm. that's what true worship and praise is is telling god that's what the angels do that circle him and that, that's what all of heaven does they they worship him daily man 24 7 it's it and and, and and you know even in marriage like you know intimacy because the whole thing with worship that's powerful is intimacy and that's what the devil really wants to stop us from that's why he wants to stop us from going into worship because you get intimate with the Lord, like I, Clinton's my next door neighbor. Uh, we're we, we are really close to each other, Very. but but there's a lot I don't know about Clinton. He doesn't know about me because we got walls between us. Yeah, but I can't hide from the people that live in my house. Right, you understand? Yeah. Like they know everything about me. Yeah, and God knows even more yeah. because I don't share all my thoughts with my wife and my kids. You know, whatever. But God sees and He knows everything about me. I can come in here into the barn as free as this atmosphere. This atmosphere is awesome. It's free. Clinton's up there just singing from his heart he's just worshiping he's strumming he's singing you get up and share a prophetic word this, this atmosphere is amazing but still i can hide a little bit here sure you know what i mean like i can hide oh yeah from y'all if, yeah. if you know if, if something's going on or whatever, whatever but when i'm with god yeah i can hide nothing absolutely he sees every he knows i don't have to confess my sins yeah <laughs> he knows yeah. my sins i don't confess so he'll know he's up there going no way are you serious like he he so when 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 i I learn how to worship him with abandon. He right. knows it yeah. already. Uh, and I'm just go, oh, God, here I am yeah. with all my stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is a level, and you said that word, intimacy. It, it is that level of, of intimacy that changes everything. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody years ago used the word, a play on words with intimacy, uh, into me, see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you the opportunity to see me for real. Right. Yeah. See it all. Here's everything. I'm putting it on. All my chips are in. I'm pushing all my chips in. Here's all my secrets. Here's all my good, my bad, my ugly, whatever. And and that's how when you come, that's why when you come to God, he, he only wants that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want the stuff I've been giving him for years. The big production, the big bands, the big, you know, he's not looking for that. He wants the out of tune, the bad chords, the bad notes, the broken voice, the missed lyrics. He wants that. And that's yeah. where his presence comes. You know, it's powerful. Absolutely. I think a lot of time you mentioned the word focus too. When, when our focus is off, our worship is. It's impossible for our worship to be pure. 
and sure. and when we really when we really have him at the center of everything and our motives then it's not about the worship it's about him and it's amazing to me how there's so many songs that we sing now that they're more about the worship than they are about the father like we could see and so this is a song i like this song man but i would just be open and real talk about it for a little bit but like the song um i'm gonna lift my hands till i can reach heaven i'm yeah. gonna shout your name into the wall i can't tell you how many times i've been in services where people sang that song and they never lifted their hands <laughs> they never shouted it's, it's a good hook yeah, uh, it, 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 it's, a good it's, it's a good hook. It's a good, it's yeah. a good course. I, I like the song, and I'm for I'm for the lyrics sure. as long as there's at least a little bit of participation in That's there right. somewhere, <laughs> you know. But but I think we we have one of the things that that we've seen within the last probably two or three years in the body of Christ is a real movement of intimacy, and the message of intimacy has been preached and it's been taught, and we always. We always take the message of intimacy through the avenue of worship. And and here's the here's the thing. The whole point of intimacy, right, is is conception. And and the thing that, that I often wonder about is when we're when we're talking about an atmosphere of, of intimacy and an atmosphere of, of what we call worship, but even in those atmospheres you can hide. You said that you can't hide in real intimacy. You can't you can't hide. There's nothing to cover up with, right? So so when it's real and when it's pure, there's nothing to cover yourself with. There's no hiding in that. And and the ultimate, you know, objective of intimacy is conception. And so I, I love and I appreciate the movement of intimacy and worship, but at some point there has to be the conception of fruit. And and here's the thing too. When when I when I talk about that, I immediately have to think about this now. When when I read Isaiah 61 where it says that we are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Every time I hear that phrase now, the planting of the Lord, I always think about if he's the planter, then he should be the one that receives the harvest. Mm-hmm. We think about harvest in terms of souls mm-hmm. a lot of time, people, and we we call that the harvest. But I want you to think about this. If he is the planter, he planted us, right? Then the fruit that we bear by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those things, they should actually become our worship back to him to where he is the first partaker of our fruit as we inherit his divine nature in the process of intimacy. So while he's he's receiving from me in terms of the fruit of the Spirit that I'm now able to produce, he's partaking of that fruit. And in that process, I'm getting to know him as a good, good father, and I'm inheriting his divine nature. And to me, that is the great exchange that happens during real worship. Hmm. There, it, The thing that interests me about the story of Abraham and Isaac, the first time that the word worship is mentioned it's mentioned between a father and a son and (laughs) and that that is where that is where real worship begins is is understanding who he is as a father and having the willingness to actually be exposed as a son or as a child as a daughter being exposed before him and just allowing him to come and be himself and I, I don't know when we needed more than him to be impressed. 
You know, we, we've done a lot of things to create atmospheres of worship. He's supposed to be the atmosphere of worship. It's, it's supposed to be all about getting to know Him and pouring our heart out. Not, not just singing songs about Him, but actually singing songs to Him and letting Him know. Now, and one thing, too, we don't, we don't hear a lot of this. But it, it happens often in my secret place. I can be real. There are there are times when, when I find myself singing songs and making melodies into the Lord and I'm in my secret place and it's just me and him and um and things start to come and things start to be released and there's like this real pure flow of the Holy Spirit where the words like I it's not even me saying them. They're they're coming out of my mouth, but they're coming through the avenue of the Holy Spirit. And in that place, in that atmosphere, there's more freedom there because it's just me and the Father. Wow. So how do you how do you take that? How do you take a, a just you and the Father experience or an encounter and and cohabit that or bring that into to an atmosphere where people are? Hmm. One of the things that I you know we used to say and you know there's a lot of great quotes out there uh, but one of the things that you you can't you can't lead people where you haven't been yeah you know if you haven't been there you know then we're all just following the map together but if you've been there uh, then you can go come on I'm gonna take you I'm gonna take you to my spot take you to my place and uh, a lot of times we we don't we don't go there we practice right. as, as worship yeah. leaders and musicians we practice and you're you've been yeah. a musician for many years we practice we learn the charts we learn the songs we learn okay you know we get make sure that Clinton's written the right lyrics and, you know we got the right melody we got all that but we we didn't actually as um, as uh, brother uh, brother Lawrence actually talked about in his book we didn't practice the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. That's right. We didn't actually go in during the week and spend time with him. So we get to a church on Sunday and we have to depend on lights, smoke, fog, uh, make sure the CG, make sure everybody's got the right lyrics on the screen. You got moving video. We got to make sure that the bass player is playing the right thing. And you know, or the pastor knows when to, okay, you know, he knows which <laughs> on the downbeat he's got to be here. And, you know, and we, we synchronize, we do all of this because we haven't been with the Lord. Yeah. So if I've been with the Lord, Garen, that's the thing about you that amazes me, that astonishes me, because I'm around pastors yeah. <laughs> on the regular. Yeah. That's what I do. It's what I've been doing for my whole adult life, my whole life. You know God on a level that many pastors don't know him. Because they're studying and, and with the Lord to get something to say. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Worship leaders are getting with the Lord to try to, what song you want us to sing Sunday, God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you you know the Lord on a, on a level where I've heard you say recently, like, y'all might have to take it and teach for a few weeks because I'm just getting so much from the Lord right now. Yeah. Never heard anybody say anything like that. Like, <laughs> you know, that's like, you know, that's like, that's the yeah. time y'all got stuff to I think, say. I think what I said, I said, I don't need time off. I need time in. Yeah. And, and I, I wish, I wish more leaders in ministry would take that approach, to be honest with you. It's not that when, when, when we feel exhausted, we tend to say, we just need some time off. You know, mm. we, we need some time off. And the reality is you really need some time in is what you need. Not, not time that's, off. That's right. Because if time your cups, in. if your cup's empty, you can't pour from it. If there's nothing in there, you can't, you can't pour it. As hard as you, you've given it. I've, I've been in worship sets uh, before where, where, where my cups, cup was empty mm. and, and I gave it. Same. And believe me, I, I was giving it everything in my physical body, Same. but 
it wasn't there. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, yeah. too many times of yeah, that. Yeah, right it, it, it wasn't there, and and that's what you have to do. You got to go fill your pail back up. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good, Clinton. Well, Clinton is an example of that to me. For I mean, sure. there's there's a reason why when Clinton uh, strikes the guitar and starts to sing, yeah, uh, there's a release of there the spirit is. immediately yeah. in the absolutely. room. That says a lot about who you are as a person, because you know there's a commercial they used to be on television uh, that used to say. Uh, you can tell you've been eating church's chicken. You can see it on your face, uh, <laughs> and you can tell when people have been to the been with the presence. You've been. You can tell the diff- You can tell when people have been with the king. Sure, it's a difference than than. I've got something. I've got a sermon. I've got a song. You know, and 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 you also. Unfortunately, there's a lot of connection to that to brokenness, and and you know we preach that like it's a beautiful thing. Brokenness is not pretty. No. <laughs> there's no way you can make brokenness attractive, right? Uh, except yeah. for that's where the anointing is and right. where the presence of God is. But um, I think if if you can take people there as a body, but in order to go there, you have to because uh, you you make us want that here at the barn. You make us hungry. I leave here and I leave my encounters with you wanting to know God on a different level. It's contagious. Amen. Yeah. It's more contagious than COVID or anything else. <laughs> it's, Come on. It, I hope so. Yeah. I, hope I so. leave here going, my God, I got to go home. I got to read the word. I got to be, you know what I mean? Because I want, I'm hungry for it, you know, and I think that's the answer is, you know, as silly as it sounds, is as leadership, we got to go back to the presence of God on a personal level. Right. Well, one thing that I wanted to ask, I felt really led of the Lord to, to ask both of you guys this tonight, because you're both phenomenal. As I mentioned, you're both phenomenal worship leaders, but at the same time, to me, you're both very different. Um, not, not different as people. You're, you're just, your style, your approach in worship is very different. And, um, that that's amazing to me because you're, you're both so close to the Lord and you're so pure and your motives and your intentions are right and well. You're just talking about Clinton now. No, 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 both of you, both of you. <laughs> totally. But you're so you're so very different when you get up and and the the anointing comes and all these different things. You know, as I say that, I, re, I was reminded when you were talking just a few minutes ago. One of the first conversations you and I had when you came here was was you know you were like, what what songs do you want us to do? Is there anything specific? You know, and I'm like, hey man, you you do this the way you feel like you need to. I want you to worship the way that you think God wants you to worship Him and see the songs that you think he wants you to sing don't don't worry about me and you were like man i've i've been with so many pastors that say and they do and i've heard pastors say this where they're like you know the the responsibility of the worship service is to create an atmosphere for the pastor to preach and that is the biggest pile of junk man that is such a that is such a scary scary thought to even have give me times i've taught that publicly where i said your job is to create an atmosphere you know and i had some some good you know philosophy in my in my head about it but i mean you know you got to open a worship you know judah plows we're plowing at the heart of people we're getting people's hearts ready to receive the word of god what what <laughs> i mean well, i said it with confidence and boldness because that was my job was to go out basically and to set the stage for the superstar to come preach that's right and not at all like God was the superstar. I'm here to engage the heart of the superstar. Yeah. I'm here to create a platform for him. Yeah. Like he's the one. And then, you know, then he'll have somebody preach and, you know, whatever. He'll do his thing. But, he'll do his yeah, thing. You're right. Go ahead. I, that was a good No, I mean, he'll, that, and that's the, that's the whole point of, of the excitement of worship.
worship and the adventure of every single time we get to worship the Father, whether it's with other people or we're alone in our secret place or we're riding down the road in our vehicle, our opportunities to worship the Father should always lead us into an adventure of encounter where we get to hear Him speak back to us or we get to feel His tangible presence come on us or sometimes there's just this sense of weeping and crying and and you don't even know what you're crying about. Sometimes we're, we're laughing hysterically, you know, we don't even know what we're laughing about. It's just the presence of God and there's that release and that freedom that comes. But I think so many times, man, we, we waste opportunities to have true encounters with the Lord because we're trying to build atmospheres to do other things that we feel like we're, we're supposed to do or obligated to do. And as I get to know Him as a father, believe it or not, as I get to know the Lord as a father, it seems as if my obligations become less. And, and that that's something that a whole lot of people really can't they I, I don't know I don't know how to explain that a lot of people can't really grasp that concept because they think that the more you know him the more you're supposed to do and the more you're supposed to say and the bigger your sphere of influence is the thing about the thing about me since since we built the barn and since I you know I started working by myself and traveling and staying in hotel rooms uh, you know weeks weeks at a time by myself and I started having personal encounters with him and I started I started realizing that that I was far more fulfilled in those encounters than I ever was in ministry. And and now, whenever an opportunity presents itself to worship, I find myself in the spirit, I find myself going back to those what most people would call lonely hotel rooms, where where I was sitting in the middle of the floor with my Bible beside me. And and I mean this is like two years ago. This isn't like when I was a kid, but I found myself, you know, sitting in the floor with my Bible beside me and just fresh tears falling down my face as I was just telling the Lord passionately how much I loved him and how hungry I was for his his calling and his uh, his spirit to be on me, for us to be empowered, to be able to see the outpourings that creation's longing for. All of those things came through, really going through the eye of the needle, the gate of worship. And and here's why why I said what I said regarding obligation. Clinton, when you pass through the gate of worship, and, and you go through that stripping process where all the, and it's, it is, it's all the depression and it's all the anxiety, but it's also all the talents, it's all the gifts. What I, what I found out was when you get in the presence of God, your gifts do you no good there. There's no need for them. That's right. Yeah. Because you're no longer ministering to people. You're face to face with Him, and at that point in time, He's He's the giver of those gifts. So they're not impressive to Him like they are to other people. He's impressed with the purity and the sincerity of our hearts. And and I, I think it's it's really sad, man. It's unfortunate that a lot of people never really get to go there and encounter him on that level because there's a lot of walls that separate, you know, and uh, and keeps us from becoming. I think the word you used was vulnerable, which is is a really good way to put it. So, all right, all all that to the side. The question that I wanted to ask both of you tonight was. Tell me the greatest encounter that you had 
in worship and to be honest with you it can be it can be corporate uh, but I would like to know if it if it was even if it, if it was alone you know and it was just you and the Lord what would you say was the greatest encounter give us like the description of it how it happened where it happened when it happened because here, here's what I found when when we one of the Hebrew translations for the word testimony is actually do it again right so so when we begin to talk about those previous encounters of <laughs> of the presence of God when we when we take ourselves back there and we talk about those encounters we actually release the faith for more encounters to happen now and so it's it's we're we're saying do it again lord do it again you know, I recently went to Cane Ridge yeah. Kentucky and uh there was a great outpouring in Cane Ridge K- Kentucky and uh maybe 25 30,000 people were out on the side of of hills and uh in big cornfields and the holy spirit just it was a real outpouring of the fear of the lord but one of the things that people would pray whenever they would go there and visit and they would leave um they would always pray do it again lord and do it like you did at cane ridge or do it do it like cane ridge and that the testimony of that outpouring releases the faith in people to to pray for for it to ask for it so either one of you can go first but i want to hear what's your what's your greatest encounter that you've ever had with the lord in worship well um it's one i'll i'll never forget it it popped in my head as soon as you started to say it um and really at the point in time i was in a turning point in my life um and it, it, it was really awesome because just a couple weeks before this happened a couple weeks i think it was about a week um, I had one of the greatest personal experiences with the Lord in worship. And uh, I was actually headed to Hardy's uh, to get uh, me and my wife something to eat. I can see already the connection as to how that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Just riding along, and, and I, I can't even remember who told me, but um, uh, they told me to check out the, a song by uh, Jesus Culture, um, um, Tidal Wave. Um, crashing over me yeah oh yeah uh well i had never heard it before fierce. Yeah, yeah fierce, fierce. that's yeah. it Whoa. yeah i'm not i, I can sing the songs <laughs> i remember most oh. all the lyrics but i do See, not know the names of songs it's happening already. all night long tonight now, it's that's gonna be right. because of you i'm gonna be singing that song <laughs> yeah no and and that hook right there just goes on and on and on but uh first time i ever heard it um like I said, I was riding the Hardys, and it just, it struck me in a way, and it was like a tuning fork in my heart. It, like, it reached this frequency that had never been there before, and I'll never forget, because when I reached that moment when I was literally face-to-face with him, I was right in the in-between going from ordering to the window. There's nobody in front of me, so I pull right up to the window, and the lady's like, sir, are you okay? <laughs> And I'm, I'm crying, like, just boohooing. Yeah. She's like, D- do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm great, you know, and just I'm here for the food, you know, and I'm, you know, and then by that point, I'm on cloud nine, but I'll never forget it. My, my, my brother, John, he, uh, he asked me to come play um, for a recovery group we have here in um, Calhoun County. And uh, it was the first time I was going to play for them, and I was meeting everybody. And uh, at this time, the group, uh, they probably had about 60 or 70 people, uh, women and men, uh, majority men. Uh, and I'll never forget it. We were supposed to be a, a large church here, and we were supposed to have their large, large auditorium, their full sound system. Um, you know, I had a drummer that came with me. He was uh, looking to use their drums. You know, we were looking to use all their 
sound stuff. Uh, I brought a guitar and me. Uh, yeah. That was it. Uh, well, then come to find out, uh, they were having a dinner or something of that sort. And that, that doesn't really matter. But uh, we were going to have to be pushed to one of the smaller rooms there that they had. Well, again, like I said, there's about 60 or 70 people within the recovery program. And, you know, now these all are broken truly broken people i mean have roots within them that uh they, they've never they've never looked at and will never see unless it's through god uh and through that intimate time of worship so we get in this room and to be quite honest uh the people that were over it didn't think that the worship service uh and that the service in general was going to go as it should they were trying to create that atmosphere. They, they, they thought that we needed all this. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I thought we did too. Yeah, sure. So my drummer, who had never played a box drum before, gets a box drum. Well, we try to hook up this little sound system in this room. doesn't work. So we just go raw, set up, live, just just no, no, no music. Well, I began playing, began singing, and everybody begins worshiping, and not just walls falling, like like some of the supposed biggest, baddest men around here in Calhoun County, literally, I can see them breaking yeah. right here before the Lord. And not only that, I mean, the, the deliverance that was pouring down, I mean, it was almost like a uh, uh, like a beam coming down from a, from a, a spaceship or something. <laughs> I mean, like, it was, it was a light coming on this room shining directly on this room and 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 the amount of of the the amount of his presence that was in that room not only did people in that room get delivered but i myself yeah in that moment and and honestly i wouldn't do worship if i didn't believe it yeah if 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 if, if i didn't feel he was authentic if he was who he says he is i wouldn't do worship yeah I know that because you're not the type of person that does things you don't want to do. That's right. <laughs> you don't waste. Absolutely. You don't waste no time. And um, I love that story. And that that story is why Clinton's always going, "Hey man, can can we just go unplugged tonight?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the other night, you know, yeah, I couldn't get the sound to work. But hey, you know, uh, live and raw, uh, just I call it just it's that's stripped off. That's yeah. you you've stripped all these things that you think you need. Yeah. That, that you think you need this sound well really you just need you yeah. yeah and whatever it is that you have whatever instrument and yeah. uh, you just give it your all I, I think I was just thinking about this as you were saying that right then one of the one of the probably the greatest nights for me um, in in not ministry but in family was the night that you and I and our wives we were sitting right here at a table at the end of, at this table and uh, we had a plate of like crab legs and stuff out here. I we appreciate we the invite. Just, that was awesome. This yeah, was this awesome. way. This was before this was I knew. Me. Oh, okay. this was pre yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. So yeah. We're, <laughs> we're sitting at the table and, and we're just eating and talking and having fellowship as a family. And then um, we, you know, we it gets dark and this whole like wood line that surrounds the barn is just completely lit up with those fireflies. And I've never seen a light show that any person has done or put on that even comes close to compared to that it was such a, a moment of not not just serenity but a moment of realization where the lord's like look man i can i can do stuff if you let me like he that's good just that right there is good he, he wants in you know that's the thing he he wants in and he's like do you i mean he's really he's like so you're gonna do a podcast about me 
or you're going to do a podcast with me. Mm-hmm. Which which one is it going to be? You know, because there's a whole lot of people saying a whole lot of things about him. Yeah. But there's very few people that are doing very few things with him. And so I always want to be in that place that you're talking about where everything is. And I, when I think about natural now, you know, sometimes we use the word like raw, but, but natural, natural yep. that, that immediately makes me think about nature. Yep. And that's one of the greatest revelations that the Lord has been pouring into my heart just within the last two months is I, I cannot find a miracle performed by Father God in Scripture that didn't require at least some form of input from Mother Nature. There, there are always miracles that are being conceived between Father God and Mother Nature. And a lot of times, man, that's that's what, what we love about the barn here, especially in the summertime when the curtains are down and the fields open and everything's just kind of like you're, you're interacting with that, with the creation of God Almighty, you know? And nature's always offering up assistance to the Father in its own form of worship. Mm-hmm. And so it brings you into a place where... You know, you really get to encounter the fullness of His creation, and and in doing that, I think you can see the Father's heart. So I love that, man. I've always loved that about you—that you like to, you like to be part of nature and be real and be open, and that's um, that's just real pure to me, you know. And um, I, I've always valued that. So what about you? Well, I have a I have a list of of, of events that throughout my <laughs> life that I, we don't have time for. But I have a list of events. Like and and I'd say ninety eight percent of them are in nature. They're uh, on the side of on the, they're on the uh, they're on the bank of a, of a river. They're in a, on a mountain somewhere. They're in a, at the ocean. I mean, genuine. Like I could tell you one uh, up on the Canadian border where I'm out standing by this massive lake, and the whole lake sets on fire in front of me. And it was the way the sun was hitting it, but the wow. holy the holy ghost you know hits it. And it was right before I, I I came off the road as a country artist and came back into worship you know because the lord said through a man preaching across the state somewhere that tell jeremy leslie god has need of him <laughs> wow. um, and i'd awesome. already given god my list of reasons of why you know i was disqualified yeah and, uh, which were legit i mean they really were uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't listening to me uh but um just just real quickly uh, before i do i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you the greatest single worship experience i've had with the lord um and and it was recent but um it, uh, I just you, you were talking as Clinton was talking. It started uh, the 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 song when I came off the road, I, and I was like, Lord, I'm just going to be candid with everybody. I'm like, Lord, when I left the church, the music was so bad. Uh, I've been out here with great musicians, great songs. I'm just honest with you. Like I'm with Clinton. Like if God ain't if it ain't for God and God ain't there, I'm not going to be there because there's better music somewhere else yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, there's sure. better music somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm not going back to cheesy, you know, cheesy stuff. I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to, you know, point me in the right direction of the, where the good worship is and, you know, help me write it, you know, whatever. And somebody right after that walks up and hands me a CD. Uh, and it was Jesus culture. And, 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 <laughs> and it's so funny as you're sitting here talking, this song comes up that I haven't heard in uh, 10 years. Uh, you won't relent. 
until yeah. you have it all. Come on, man. Uh, my heart is yours. You won't relent. But it, get the part that got me was it, when you got down, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. Ooh, I feel the Lord all on that right now. <laughs> I want to look right at you. Yeah. I want to sing right to you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what we, we, we've done. We've talked about God like he's not there. Yeah. And if you've ever been in a room with someone who talks about you and, and as if you're not standing there, you know, yeah. they, you know, they, I don't know what's wrong with him. You know, you know, they're talking about you as if you're not there. But like, I, you know, I wonder how many times God has felt that way when we're supposed to be doing worship. Let's come on. Let's worship the Lord. And then we never do. Yeah. We sing all the songs we know about him, but we never go straight for his heart and, and help others get there, you know, as worship leaders. So I think uh, I've had a lot of them and, and most of them have not been on stage and not been in church. I've had great ones. Those are great. But the real life changing ones have been alone with me in the middle of a river Creek um, mountain somewhere. Just, uh, just me and the Lord laying face down in a hotel room, just like weeping, crying out, voice stripped out, you know, no, no music playing, you know, all the things that we think we have to have. Um, but the greatest worship experience in my life happened uh, right after I left this building uh, on October the 10th uh, of 2020. Uh, we had just met y'all. And through a whole series of circumstances, we found ourselves, <laughs> weirdly enough, without somebody to marry us to perform the ceremony, which is not even a thing because we know a lot of preachers. But for some reason, every door was slamming on one medical thing after another situation. Uh, we and, and we met y'all. We came here. We met y'all. And Garen goes, I'll do it. And Garen does our wedding. So we have our wedding right here. Uh, and we, you know, it's wedding night. I mean, you, certain things are supposed to happen on wedding nights. I'm just saying. That's what they say, that, anyway. That's the theory. You know, <laughs> we we finally get home from, you know, going and visiting all everybody Shaley wanted to go visit, which is kidding. We just went to see her sister on the way home. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, when it's wedding night, you're thinking other things. And we get home, and she says, babe, I know it's the wedding night. And I know, I know. But <laughs> I just want our first act. Jesus, As a married couple, man, come on to be to worship the Lord. Yeah, mm. and I go okay, and I go over to the piano. Wow, <laughs> are you kidding me? This is—I'm sorry. I mean, you know, let's just be real. This is not how this goes. I mean, this is not how this goes. And I go over to the piano, and all of a sudden, Shelley and I are worshiping, and we're giving our first act of marriage back to the Lord. Amen. And we're in there weeping and worshiping God, and the presence of God comes in that in that home, and that goes down all. All the great experiences I've had in my yeah. life, yeah. being in a covenant relationship and two together, not competing, not trying to get harmonies right, not trying to worry about sound, not, you know, do you remember the lyrics? It was none of that. Just, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and we just sang to the Lord a while. And then everything else, you know, but, but at that moment, uh, we gave God our first and, so and, good. and, the, and that goes down as <laughs> my, uh, un, unplanned, not expected, unexpected, um, it'll go down as the greatest, uh, you know, worship experience of my life because yeah. God came in and was like, yeah, well, that's, guys. that's exactly what, what I wanted to, to talk about tonight, you know, and really engage people with who, who listen to this or who are watching us on Facebook, 
you know, when we talk about family worship, family worship is a real thing. And, I, you know, I could think when, when both of you guys are talking, I'm like, yeah, man, I can relate. Like I've had similar experiences um, Two two of the greatest encounters I've ever had with the Lord. I was actually in the bed with my wife when I had him. And um and and my intent was not maybe not marriage night stuff but yeah. but my intent was to go to bed you know yeah, like sure. to go to sleep and and the Lord just absolutely invaded um, our bedroom and. And the first time it happened, it was really odd. There was a, there's a song you know by Rick Pino, and I've told this story to to probably both of you before, but maybe some people listening haven't heard it. But there's a song by Rick Pino, and it's called uh, Dove's Eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in that in that song, he says, "I love your face, I love your kisses, I love your embrace, I love your presence." And I was so weirded out that it said, "I love your kisses," because I was like, "Man, I have never thought about kissing Jesus." <laughs> You know, like I've never thought about him kissing me, me kissing him, you know, like it just really kind of put me in a weird place. So I'm laying there in the bed with my wife and I said, listen, I want you to listen to this song that I heard today and tell me what you think about it. Like. I'm straight up, just being straight up with you. I I was not. I was almost to a certain extent being critical, and and the Lord's like, I'll show you, right? And and I never really thought about it that way until this moment. But that's exactly how it happened. So I'm I'm in the bed with my wife, and I'm like, I want you to listen to this. And so I get out my phone and I'm playing the song. And and the best way I can explain it is it was like he came in our bedroom and laid down on top of me and and I started to cry and just weep it, it was like it was a painful we like it my body was hurting that I was crying so hard and um like my face hurt and and Brooks like my wife she's like are you are you okay like do I need to call somebody are you gonna be okay and I was like Man, it's just the Lord it's just Jesus <laughs> and uh he he really came in and that was that was one of the first times that I encountered the intimacy of of the father and um and really it was like he he came and just rested on me and it was more than I could stand mm. um that changed my life forever and then also back in March when we were building this um I had that in encounter with my lord this is a different house now uh, we were living at, in our old home back then but here um my wife was singing a song from the movie frozen 2 to our kids and there was something in her voice that night that just unlocked something inside of me and the song that she was singing is is a song about it's a song about a river and there's a river full of memory and and it was like god just came in my room and and started taking me down this river of memory and and he it was the same feeling it was like he came and he laid down on top of me and that night it was completely different because when he when he laid down on top of me um I, I felt almost as if i was completely paralyzed i could not move i couldn't i couldn't do anything i couldn't say anything it was like he was holding me and i was i was still crying uncontrollably but i was just like man i couldn't i could barely take it and um same thing brooks checking on me like you, you need a towel you know like you okay and um 
I, I said, it's, it's just the Lord. I know it's the Lord. It's His presence. And the Lord speaks to me after about five minutes of me just being completely still. And, and I'm, I'm shaking like I'm like tremors, you know, just shaking and crying. And the Lord speaks to me and He says, I'm not going to let you go until you worship me. That's what He said. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you worship me. And I said, Lord, I can't even talk. I don't know how I'm going to worship you. You know, I'm like, I, I can barely even speak. And I said, but Father, you're so good. And I love you so much. And I'm so thankful for your presence. And it was just real simple stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it just came out like like a kid telling his dad, man, I, I love you, Dad. You know, it, it just came out so easy and so simple. But that night, I, I really felt like for the first time ever, I encountered the jealousy of God. Mm. And when, when we think about him being a jealous God I've often thought about it being like a demanding type Uh God he he wants your best he wants your all and we preach that and we speak that and we say that but that night he didn't want my best he didn't want my all he wanted me he wanted me he wanted to just absolutely come and hold me you know and um, I, I never really saw the jealousy of God as being that but he he held me and he said I'm not gonna let you go until you worship me you know just like tell me you love me that's that's what I want just tell me you love me you know I don't need your gifts I don't need your talents I don't need any of that stuff I just want to hear that you love me you know and that's what I gave him and and it was sufficient you know in those moments um, I'm, I'm fairly educated and I love words and a part of that is a songwriter the poet you know I love lyrics and I love words I do I really do I love I love poetry you know I, I wish I had the anointing of like Maya Angelou you know you know I, I want that you know in every song I, I can never I can overthink when I write because I want it to be so ah, too. you know what I mean yeah. and you listen to songs all the time on the radio or you know in worship you're like oh, I wish I could have I wish I would have written that. I wish I could have written that, you know. But, you know, in those moments, uh, all of that falls. Yeah. Because you're aware that you're in the presence of God and there's nothing you can say that is intelligent enough, is poetic enough. (laughs) You know, that's what we do with crowds. Yeah. We, you know, there's nothing I can wow God with. I can't wow God with anything. He's not going to go, whoa. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't. And it, and it totally changes everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I, you, again, in this podcast, make me want to encounter God on a new level. <laughs> <laughs> all over again you and your god you laying on top of you in your bed you know I, 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 I don't even know the lord could you lead me in the sinner's prayer because i really <laughs> don't know the lord at all <laughs> motive motive yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the to me the the real thing that that wows him yeah uh no matter how great we play guitar piano sing whatever uh Again, he gave us those gifts, um, but it's our motive uh, and it's our authenticity. It's it's us being truly genuine uh, with him, and not just with him, with everybody else. Because honestly, I, uh, when I'm in worship, it is the only time I feel like I can truly be me, and who he sees me as is when I'm behind the mic and I'm singing and and going hard and, and tenacity. 
is 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 another thing that I, I believe wows him because some of us uh, and I've done it myself and I see other worshipers uh, worship leaders do it they 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 get to that point to where they try so hard but then they stop because it's almost there yeah you know and, and it's yeah. being able to persevere through that through that moment um, now when you Gary when you ask me uh, to come be on the podcast and uh, about family restoration uh, there was a word that popped in my mind reform mm. yeah yeah there's so much reform that's that's not not just needed uh, on the corporate scale because it's not going to start there it's literally going to start with what Jeremy said earlier it's with the closest people that yep. know everything about us yep. it's within those walls at home yep. it's us praying together yeah it's us taking that time aside together you and your your, your where we're called to to be living sacrifices uh, to uh, be an embodiment of worship yep. I mean it says that in Romans uh, it actually says that all throughout the Bible that we are to be an embodiment of worship but see I think too many times we get caught up in our own worship in our own personal worship mm. um, and we forget how to be that example because when he says to be a living example uh, it's not just being a living example about what you should do and what you shouldn't do it's also in worship yeah. uh, to your kids to uh, the, your your kids friends to the people that are that are around them the people that are the, that's where it starts that's how we're going to change corporate worship yes. that's how we're going to reform corporate worship is in our own homes that's yeah. where that, that's that's where it's going to start yeah listen i'm going to give y'all the greatest the greatest uh, testimony i have this week of of how this is real isaac the four-year-old at our house okay isaac has been having this um um thing where when you when he goes to take a bath if, if i give him a bath mom gives him a bath for whatever reason he freaks out when he puts his ears under the water we don't know like we watched him swim in the summer when we were or back you know when we were traveling and back in the warmer states and places you know he would get in the pool he would swim whatever but for some reason you know going back you know to wash his hair just just a little bit water gets and he starts panicking well mama don't play with that mama don't play with fear you know winning or whatever wherever. yeah so i think it was two nights ago uh <laughs> we hear isaac in the bathroom and he starts saying fear is a liar <laughs> fear is a liar and he just starts getting louder and louder and this is four-year-old isaac he's yeah. like he's like I, I described him today as a little cartoon you know he is a living cartoon and he's and you know he's out there playing oh, with yeah. y'all's kids you know all the time oh, yeah. I mean, he, he is he comes out with a police helmet oh, on he's a character fire, no, fireman straight boots up, like he and he is who he is man he don't play no games no, I, love no, he's the I love it man he's as authentic as they come he is yeah. i mean there's no pretense in that little kid and he's in there in the bathroom and just getting louder and louder just talking to the spirit of fear yeah fear is a liar and you realize isaac didn't come up with that you know watching christian television you know isaac didn't get that as powerful as garen's sermons are he didn't get that from listening because most time he's running around some oh, yeah. kids here, yeah. and he's yeah. here he got that from the home from yeah. hearing it in his home and right. from from the presence of god and the word of god and and the instruction of his parents and i've never been so convicted in my life as, oh, yeah. I, as I am now that my family is my first responsibility i gave my ministry years all these years i gave them to the church what i thought was the ministry sure 
and all the time my first ministry is to God as a worshiper that involves no audience that involves no crowd that involves no stage that's me and God the rest of my ministry the majority the bulk of my ministry after him is is in my home is creating a family altar where my wife and my kids and I encounter the Lord yeah. and 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 then out of that overflow we can go out and, and let's do the barn, let's do church, let's you know, let's get out and do a campfire with you know with Clinton and Christina next door, let you know whatever. But it starts right there in that home, yeah. And that's our legacy. That's the legacy. You know, when when you said that, I was thinking about Noah. Noah Noah spent somewhere around 80, 80 something years building something that only saved his family, but it saved his family. <laughs> To, to the modern day church, wow. the corporate church, we we would we would call the efforts of Moses just absolute failure. Yeah. Because all of his efforts really only saved eight people. But those eight people absolutely repopulated humanity on the face of the earth, you know? And and we're we're all descendants of Noah today because Noah had the courage and the boldness to lead his family in the path of God's voice. And that that's a big thing too because when when and I thought you were about to go through the list. I heard that list, man, so many times. People would say and it sounds so good. It sounds so good. People would always say, uh, you you put God first and your family second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ministry third. Yeah. And then work, you know, whatever else. It all it all comes right there. Well, there there's a problem with that concept. And the problem is this if you if you put God first family second and ministry third you will always separate your family from ministry wow and here's here's where that's a problem you never learn how to minister to your family because you it's so easy it's so easy for us to say yeah well this is this is family time so we go off and we do all this stuff and we just absolutely leave god out because he's first and third <laughs> He's not part of number two. I'm telling you, man, there's a, gener- so true, wow, Bro, there's a awesome. generation that yeah. grew up with that doctrine that are walking on the face of this planet today, and they believe Pause, God. We're going to put God on pause because well, now it's the it's same my way with work, it, with yeah. your friends. I mean, it has to all be intertwined yeah. together. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's all your ministry. The native, the native culture, I can tell you, the native culture, there was no separation. There, there in, native, in native spirituality and in native life there was no spirit life and physical life carnal life it was all the same thing if you were telling a joke it was a spiritual thing if you were making love it was a spiritual i mean you know being real if you were spanking your kids it was a spiritual everything was there was no separation prophetic act yeah everything (laughs) (laughs) you know and we came along and we're the ones who put up the partitions yeah you know we put up these partitions this is god's this is mine yeah this is god's this is mine you know and and we we've made all these 
and and I'm just really tear tear down these walls. God, yeah. you know, it's all yours. Move, move in on every area of this thing. Absolutely. I, I've told you know I've, I've said this to some of the people here at the barn just recently, and I, I didn't tell other people this for a long time. But when when my wife and I first had the opportunity to become pastors of a church, um, we we had a real conversation about you know what it was going to look like and how that was going to be. And I told her, I said, look, we're we're not going to do this. I think the way I said it was, if we're going to do this, we're going to forfeit the rights to make decisions on our family alone. Mm-hmm. And and that, to me, was, was one of the hardest things to say and one of the hardest things to discuss with my wife. But here's the deal. I looked in, I think, Jeremiah chapter 23, where it talks about all the shepherds who fed themselves while their sheep went hungry, who protected their families while their sheep died. And, and the Lord finally said, look, I've had enough. You're not taking care of them. I'm going to step in and do it because you haven't been. You haven't been responsible. You haven't been doing your job. You've been so concerned with your own family, your own house, your own your own people, your own tribe, and, and you haven't really given yourself to them the way that you're called to do that. And I think a lot of times, man, we, um, I'll, I'll say this, I've even, and I've bought into a lot of this stuff too, so I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Like I a lot of this I had to overcome on my own. I, I've heard a lot of stories, and they're they're really unfortunate stories uh, about pastors, ministers who who commit suicide, who do this stuff. And here's here's what I've I've heard. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, well, nowadays pastors are just too accessible." They're too, they're too like you, you could, cause you can contact them on social media. You got mm-hmm. Facebook, you got messenger, you got mm-hmm. text, you know, all this stuff. They're, they're so accessible. They never, they never get a break. Well, here's, here's the deal. And maybe, maybe if, if you're a pastor or you consider yourself a shepherd of a body of believers, you'll hear this. I, I really want this to, to stick with somebody. Your, your members are just as accessible as you are. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the frequency of of godliness that you emanate from yourself has the right to go into their lives just as much as their garbage has the right to go into yours and and if we if we would approach if we would approach the people that we've been called to lead whether it be our sons and daughters or wife or whatever um or or the people who go to our you know our so-called church or barn or whatever it is if we would learn how to give ourselves to people we we don't have we don't own ourselves anymore we're not our own we're not our own we've given ourselves away and that that doesn't just apply to to worship that applies to the Christian life wow. the Christian lifestyle you know we I was having a conversation with a group of guys we were sitting right here in the barn Sunday morning and um you know one one of the guys who I love man he has stepped into a role where he is doing a lot of really challenging stuff and working with recovery people and he's like man I, I just don't I don't want to fail in my responsibilities and I said why don't why don't you just change that word responsibility to privilege 
and then you'll feel awkward even trying to put the word failure before it because nobody fails in their privileges. <laughs> they fail in their responsibilities, but we never fail in our privileges. Yeah. And when we start looking at everything as a responsibility and a right and we have entitlement and all this stuff, we forget all about being a child. And we can't lose sight of being the greatest in the kingdom is as a little child. And we can't ever get too far away from that or we will get twisted. We will become professional professional worshipers professional you know, ministers professional, professional ministers every, professional christians that's what we become yeah yeah you know um I, I just i think i thank the barn you know you you garen you clinton christina obviously brooke you know but you guys have created a place um for people to come with no real expectation other than just come you know just come and there is a family i was i was fussing a little bit for everybody listening and watching uh i was fussing a little bit earlier about the the messenger group because uh, I'm, I'm in several groups and I'm, I'm involved in several things and like it's the barn it's like ding 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 ding, ding. you know 24 7 there's like somebody's got a new word somebody's had a thought pray, we got pray, pray, for, pray yeah. for somebody yeah. no, somebody, somebody you know and and it's like the barn is the most connected group of not really a church <laughs> whatever's going on here it's not really a church it's the most connected group of people and you created a culture here um that is as authentic as anything i've seen it is as authentic as anything i've ever seen and um you know this is a time when we need this absolutely we need real we need authentic and and as as i'm talking to pastors i'm telling pastors about you i want pastors to come see this and experience this i want them to come here and just be a fly on the wall like we were you know, just just come and just experience this at, this organic atmosphere where God really is center stage, and and you never know when it's going to get wild. It's going to be subtle. It's going to be laid back. It's going to be you never you don't know. Yes, yeah, right. And nobody seems to care. You know. Right. And um, I just want to thank you because you know it is a huge sacrifice for years and years. We've tried to put that chasm back between clergy and laity. Mm-hmm. We've tried to put that spa- this space, worship leaders and all of us, we, you know, like, uh, you know, I can't be bothered by the people. We've all kind of bought into that. Um, and you've just blown that wall down. It's a true apostle. And, and you're, you're teaching a doctrine. You know, you're releasing doctrine in this house that mm-hmm. is fresh. Yeah. It's very biblical, but it's fresh. And it's straight from the heart of God. And um, I want people to hear it. I want people to see it. And uh, it was right on time for me. It was right on time for my wife and our kids. And I'm so grateful to all of you. Yeah. Uh, for, well, you know, you, when you say that, man, it's not um, – not just you there have been so many people that have come to the barn that have just been through hell in ministry yeah. i know that sounds strange but it's it's true there's been so many people who have come here and they have like deep emotional wounds because of what they've been through and um you know there there's always in in what we call ministry and what we call the church there's separations tend to be a little more nasty you know and because because we all want to be fully persuaded that what we believe is right you know and and so we all we are we're very opinionated and we all have different beliefs and we want to believe that the way we believe is right because we're the ones that believed it yeah so that's yes yeah, story as in the story you know and so we draw lines and and those lines become the foundations for walls and we 
we end up being completely separated and disconnected and all that stuff. But I found out about 10, 12 years ago now that through prayer, through intercession, through the spirit of revelation, when when God is the common denominator between people, and I mean that, I'm not, it can't be anything else. It can't be the men's club, the men's breakfast. It can't be the children's ministry. It can't, those things cannot be the commonality. Jesus is the sustainer. He is the sustainer of everything. When he is the commonality between two individuals, they're 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 so fixated on him that that they they stay in connection because they're constantly pursuing the same thing you know and it's it's pursuing it and it's not even a thing it's a person i've got a really good friend of mine adam adam Voss, who comes here to the barn and he's here every sunday morning he's here at 5 30 and we do intercession together and there's a group of guys that come and we started that probably three or four years ago now I actually started working with him about 15 to 16 years ago. And recently, his daughter came to him. His daughter is about 19 years old, just got out of high school, I think, and really started to kind of engage in relationships and stuff, you know. And she said, she said, Daddy, how long have you been friends with Garen? And he said, man, I guess 15, 16 years, something like that. She said, you know, it seems like y'all, I don't ever remember y'all disagreeing or having a fight or fussing or anything. And he said, no, we, we haven't, you know. And she said, how do you do that? How do you be friends with somebody that long, 15, 16 years, without ever having conflict? And, and he just said, we've both had the same intentions in our relationship. It's always been about growing closer to the Father. And when you can take that and magnify that or expand that to a body of people, you really have the opportunity to create something special. And I always think about it like this, man. And I heard um, one of my one of my favorite ministers, Damon Thompson, I heard him preach a message years ago. And he was talking about Isaac and Jacob and Esau. And when when Isaac was old and he was getting ready to, to die, it says that Isaac had grown old in his years. It's in Genesis. And it said, and he was craving some wild game. He was craving some wild game. And so the story, as you know, was he sent his sons out. You know, the mom deceives Jacob, and he goes, and he gets one of the lame goats and puts the fur on and all that stuff. But the point, the point is this. The father was craving something wild. And... That's that's what he's going to get. If he comes here, I know that sounds weird because he already is, but if he comes here, I want him to get what he wants. And in order for him to get what he wants, it needs to be flexible. It needs to be wild. It needs to be organic. It needs to be real. Um, it doesn't need to be something that we manufacture trying to give him something that, you know, we we think is an awesome gift to give him. We, we want to give him our adoration. We want to give him our full attention. We want to give him all the love that we have inside of us and really have him not be first, second, or third, but be right in the center right in the center of everything that we do. I, I got up the other day. I was joking with, with one of the other guys who comes here, uh, my buddy Jeff. Uh, I said, man, I, I got up and I, I was like going to the restroom. Like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you go to the restroom. Oh, yeah. And I said, man, while I was standing at the toilet, 
I said, Lord, you do all things well. All things. Like, I just, it just came to me. And I mean, I'm barely, I'm like 30 seconds out of the bed. Yeah. But I want him to be at the center of everything that I do. And, and I have so much love and compassion for him because of those encounters that I've had. And because of getting to know him, that I want other people to experience that in their lives as well. I want them to be able to have the fruit of that and to taste and see that the Lord is good and be able to have their own personal encounters. And when that's the when that's the agenda, when the agenda isn't church growth, the church can grow so much. Yeah. You know, the church can grow so much because we're we've never really been about filling seats. We've always been about filling hearts and and allowing the presence of the Lord to just absolutely overtake people. There's a young lady who came to intercession Thursday night. She was sitting right over here by the fireplace. She got absolutely delivered from some serious emotional anxiety. And I mean, it, it was like a fountain exploded out of her. Just tears, raw, organic tears, crying, sobbing, and it's freedom. I want to say, too, Garen, that uh, uh, the, uh, I, told, I told you this by the, the, the last time we were here, I think, on Thursday night, that of the things you got going on here, you know, the Sunday night, uh, which yeah. is at 5.30, and, yeah. and Thursday night's at 7-ish. I don't even know. Seven, 7, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, the Thursday night wins, because win. the Thursday night <laughs> is this raw all like everybody just kind of wanders in starts drinking coffee and starts talking and i can't explain it to you it's a prayer gathering but we're all and everybody starts sharing and starts talking about what the lord's saying and the next thing you know we're all wrecked and it's just there's no like the lights are off we got fires burning in the middle everybody's just sitting around there's no and i think that's what makes the barn special there's you're you're not catering to people there's no customer service model <laughs> at the barn. Yeah. That's a lot of it is the production and customer service. That's what church has become. Big production, customer service. You do those two things well, you too can have a large church for just four <laughs> easy payments of, you know, four four ninety nine ninety five. You know, that's that's we've got it down to a science and a model. We do. I mean, oh, my, my Facebook feed is full of these marketing firms that want to show you how to have, you know, successful church. Um, you know, it's you just. The, there is no formula other than we want God and, and, and we want people to encounter him. End of story. We're done. And, and then you're not even taking offerings. You're not receiving. I mean, you're not even set up. right. You're not even doing it right. You're We've never to, taken an offering. <laughs> we have not, never taken an offering. Darren, you're not That's doing amazing. it right. I know, you're man. You're supposed to take up at least one offering at per least. service. Like, come on, at man. Least. Um, and, and that's what makes this place special, you know, not the giving part, just the fact that there's no expectation of anything. You know, one of the one of the most recent business models of church, <laughs> and that's what it is, it man. Is I'm totally. just just being real. One of the most recent business models is is you get you get people coming by by giving them something to do, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's oh, so yeah. it's it's a big deal. I mean, it happens all the time, and there'll be people who listen to this and they'll go wait, wait a minute <laughs> well, I'm serious I know, I know, it, I've seen it yeah it I know they call so me easy. awfully quick when I visit yeah I filled out uh, that yeah, little card wait a minute that's why I'm ushering that's why I'm a greeter makes a lot of sense they just gave me something but yeah. here's the deal totally the Lord the Lord doesn't want to give you something to do he wants to empower you to do something 
and and that that completely flips the script in terms of our pursuit and what we want to go after i don't want to jeremy i never want to trap an individual with their gift i never want to trap an individual with their talent and say well you're really good at this you should you should do this here and then before you know it they're coming because they feel obligated to be there and if they're not leaves the joy leaves absolutely absolutely and and so there there is a huge difference in giving somebody something to do and then actually empowering them to do something if if you have the ability to to do something and you can do it and you don't need god for it you'll never be fulfilled in that you'll never be fulfilled in that we're only fulfilled in knowing him and what i've learned and i know we're we're probably over time i don't know if we even have a time but what was our time limit i don't think we have one we're probably (laughs) so here here is one of the last things i'm going to say and then you guys can wrap it up or close this out or whatever but i think when when we get so caught up in you know what what we're called to do and our our destiny you know that's a big word man a lot of people you what am i called to do what does god want me to do what's this calling for my life and then and then we have people that are asking people that well where do you see yourself five years from now (laughs) i have no idea i don't know what i'm doing tomorrow And then people look at you like there's something wrong with yeah. you when you can't answer. Oh, they'll yeah. even tell you like there's your whole problem. You don't have a five year plan? <laughs> yeah. No. And, and then I it's don't like I don't have a five minute plan. <laughs> what you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, Well, I didn't say I had a problem anyway. You're just you know, you, like we're diagnosing <laughs> people like, with problems that they don't have. I knew something know? was wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't don't think that doesn't happen, man, because yeah. it's uh, there's so many sermons where we create an issue hmm. so that we can present a solution. Happens all the time. Whoa all the time and then what happens is people people actually end up depending on the person who gave them the sermon instead of the one who can actually give them the solution so Ooh, i don't know where that came from that was free for everybody mm. but here here's one of the last things i want to say um we can get caught up in destiny but i don't i don't want to focus as much on on destiny that's that's huge and, and everybody everybody does have a calling and a purpose and all that stuff and we can walk out our gifts and that's that's good and great but the most important thing that we we all need to understand is not necessarily our destiny but our design and this is something that i've been talking about a lot lately when when i know him as a father my my new name for him now is dad and anytime i think about that when i think about him as dad i think about his desire and my design d-a-d dad desire and design we were actually designed from the desire of the father when when he created man he created man because he desired relationship he desired covenant and a lot of times we we get focused on purpose and destiny and we completely miss what we were designed for we were designed to personally host the presence of the lord to host the presence of the Lord in everything that we do, to be completely filled and fulfilled by Him, to have Him living on the inside of us, to have what we call communion with the Father, right? Not replacing um, having communion when taking communion, but actually being in union with the Father and walking hand in hand with Him and having Him invade every single moment of your day to where you, you develop an understanding that He's never away from me. He's with 
with me in everything that I do. I don't have to pray for him to come. He's here. I don't have to pray for him to be with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. He's in me. He's on me. And I only want that amplified. And, and that, so when people say, where, you know, where are you going to be five years from now? I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't. I never thought I'd be where I am now five years ago. So I definitely can't tell you where I'm going to be five years from now. And that's the question that we never ask. Are you where you thought you would be five years ago? I guarantee you 95% of the people in the world would say no. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> and that's because life was never, it was never given to us to be some laid out thing where you follow this process and this is where you're going to end up at. This is what the end result is going to be. You know, I challenge people with this question a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, Jesus said that heaven and earth will both pass away. Mm. He said that. He did. Well, why don't we believe that heaven's going to be our final place of rest? <laughs> right. He said heaven and earth will both pass away, but my word will remain forever. There, we. Uh, here's the deal. I'm okay with not knowing. I'm okay with not knowing, like, how it's all going to end, where it's all going to be. And we used to tell people, like, you must be as sure of heaven as if you're already there. Well, here's the deal. I am already there. I'm already there. I am already there. We're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with him. So instead of wondering about where I'm going to be when I die, I want to know where I am right now while I'm living, while it matters. Because when I do die and I am with him forever, wherever it's at, if it's in a new Jerusalem, if Jerusalem comes down from heaven and sits over you know, where Jerusalem is now, I've heard all kind of theories about what's going to happen. Regardless of what happens, I won't be separated from him. Because he and I are one. I'm in him and he's in me. And I can't I can't do any type of worship, family worship, individual worship, corporate worship, none of that stuff unless I know who he is as my father. Mm. That's it for me. So you guys got anything? Any closing comments? <laughs> I'm not much of a talker. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of the quiet time. Yeah. No, uh, I would like to end with, uh, you know, most of my revelations about myself and, and, and my own convictions have come in that moment of worship. Because what it does to me, it, 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 it strips me down again. Yeah. It makes me vulnerable, like I said. But what it does is it makes you look at yourself as not as you always do. Yeah. You, you look at yourself as he's looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if more of us, um, instead of always trying to run after him, we were running for him, but he's right there. Yeah. Because he meets us right there, where, wherever we are. Um, but I... I as we close up tonight, I'd just like to add this to for everybody that's uh, uh, tr- trying to find their own self, trying to find their intimacy with the Lord. He's right there, and, and I just ask you, I, I, I beg each and every one of you to just go to Him. Strip everything off. Not, not who you think you are, or not who you think you should be. Just strip everything away and just go to Him. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's it. It's about you said it being the common denominator of everything. Um, we can fabricate these things. We can uh, we can uh, add the glitz and glamour in and and uh, uh, make things what people want. 
But really, uh, that's not what God wants. And uh, if it's not what God wants, then uh, really none of us should be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Jeremy, what about you, man? Um, I'm full. <laughs> I'm full good of flowing. Come hungry and leave happy. Yeah. I think that's a, a IHOP thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he thanks. Pancakes. <laughs> he had me thinking about Hardee's earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful to both of you guys for uh, for this. This has been really good for me. It's been really rich. Yeah, same same for me. And um, if anybody did get to watch us tonight as we were streaming this live on Facebook or YouTube, ah. uh, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully um, soon we'll be able to have the, the podcast. We are recording this, so we'll do some editing and take out any embarrassing moments. I, I thought we did pretty good. You think we did all right? Oh, I think so. Okay, think good. We, okay. Uh, we do want to thank Christina, uh, who is behind the camera tonight. She sat here like way longer than I probably would have, and she's been <laughs> very patient and faithful. And um, and my wife too for helping us out tonight. But we love all of the people in in this particular area. Um, we do love the churches, the the pastors, the ministers who are in our area, and uh, we are praying for that reformation to take place. Uh, even if it doesn't look like what we think it should, um, we do we do know the fundamentals of following after the Father, and that does need to be the core value that I think every living, moving, breathing organism which is the body of Christ should be focused on is following after him to know him more and to be known by him that that should be um, really the the centerpiece of Christianity and when it is everything's a journey and all the depression leaves you forget about social anxiety all your worries man they're yeah. gone yeah. you know and joy comes so we love everybody and uh, thank you for listening and we hope you all have a blessed night blessed week and take care 